Sego Sewaguego. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to our Yohate Negasuna, the Road to Your Name podcast, focusing on Haudenosaunee cultural topics recorded on Haudenosaunee territory in the summer of 2020. These podcasts are produced by Aboriginal Legal Services. My name is Lisa Venevri from the Mohawk Nation and Wolf Clan. I'm the coordinator of the Yohate Negasuna Road to Your Name program. Welcome to the Yohate Negasuna podcast series. If you would like to learn more about our organization, Aboriginal Legal Services, and the programs and services we provide, please visit us at our website www.aboriginallegal.ca. And if you feel inclined and would like to make a donation, you can click on the word donate located on the bottom of the page of our website. You can also visit us on Facebook at Aboriginal Legal Services, Toronto, Canada. We're speaking with Jan Gahadio Longboat from the Mohawk Nation and the Turtle Clan from Six Nations of the Grand River. When asked what we should title this episode, Gahadio shared with us, Our roots are in this land. The way in which Gahadio serves our community is many. She is a knowledge helper, she's an herbalist, and she's a seed keeper. She's also my aunt. On this podcast, she's going to share seed knowledge with us. Gahadio will begin with some words of acknowledgement. Gahadio Yungets from the Mohawk Nation, the Turtle Clan family of Six Nations on the Haldeman Tract. At the present time, I'm the keeper of Earth Healing Herb Gardens and Retreat Center. Today, I ask you to come with me as we take a tour of food and medicine gardens. But first, let's stop long enough to offer tobacco to Mother Earth and send our greetings and our thanksgiving to all the gifts of the universe that sustain us every day. First, to the people. Today we have gathered and we can see the cycles of life continue. We have been given the duty to live in balance and harmony with each other and all living things. Let us bring together our minds as one. To our mother, the earth, we are thankful that she gives us everything we need to continue life. To the waters of the world, quenching our thirst, water is life and assists us in many ways. To the fish, they cleanse and purify the water and give themselves to the people for food. And to the plants, both food and medicines, they were instructed to strengthen our bodies and to take away sickness. Today, they are always waiting to send their seeds so life may continue. To the animals, the deer is a leader. They give their life for the life of humans. And to the trees, the maple is a leader, the first to awaken in the spring to bring maple water for our spring cleanse and give us food, shade, 
and beauty. To the birds, the eagle is the leader, and they bring their song, so we won't the humans be bored. And to the four winds, and to the thunder beings that, ch that change the cycles and bring fresh water. To the sun, our grandmother moon, and the stars, they govern the nighttime sky. And to the enlightened teachers who come to help us find our way every day. And now we turn our thoughts to the Creator for all the gifts of creation. We have now arrived at the place where we will end our words for all the things we have named. Nyawa. My childhood consists of land-based learning and living. My parents always planted our gardens, providing enough food for family and community, along with saving seeds for the next year. My first memory and connection to the earth was, was crawling on the cool earth up and down the rows of food growing. Somehow I knew at that age the necessity and the importance of gardens. That feeling has stayed in my DNA some 80 plus years. When the spring cycle arrives, I am ready to reconnect with Mother Earth once again. Today I will summarize the underlying perception and principles that have guided Indigenous people's well-being since the beginning of time and passed down by successive generations of knowledge keepers to the present time. The Haudenosaunee people in both prosperity and adversity realize our dependence on the Mother Earth. This divine power gives us everything we need to sustain the life force of the universe. It is then the role and responsibility of the people to maintain the balance and harmony of the yearly cycles. Along our journey, I will share the protocols followed to plant, gather, store, and prepare. Spring. After the first thunders, we prepare for the first arrival of food and medicines, the maple water or the sap. As we follow the movement of the sun as it crosses the sky, we call upon the spirit of the southeast winds to lift the blanket of snow from our mother and she will begin her cycle of birthing. As the planting moon arrives, the women at the center of creation put the seeds down. One woman holds the seeds and the other women put them into the earth as they sing the seed songs. Being a lifelong gardener and medicine person, it still amazes me how that little seed knows when and how to grow. It's magical. We listen for the frogs as they sing three times before it's spring. Summer, the cycle of growth and maturation. We celebrate the summer solstice, June the 21st, the longest day of the year, to honor the natural elements 
as growth and maturation begins. As the fall cycle begins, the harvest and gathering cycle, our food and medicines are replenished for the coming year. So once again, we gather our seeds. Ghana. In the Mohawk language, we, that's how we say seeds, Ghana. And if you break down that word, the K-A is female. It's the female spirit. And it talks about strength and power of that seed. And if we break down the, 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 the rest of the word, the N-E means seed and the covering of life. And the last part, the end, means its journey or its pathway to growing. And when we, when we talk in our language and talk about the seeds, the voices of the women are in the earth. I really like when we plant those, those seeds, the Ghana, because we are always singing. The women are singing um, as they plant Galana. Galana. My teachers tell me that in the Mohawk language, we had no word for prayer, but our word that we use to share sound and vibration is Galana. And what Galana means is song. It means song. And again, because our language, the Mohawk language is a female language, we hear many of the words that begin with K-A, which is the female pronoun. And the middle is movement to the galaxy. And the end is the arc movement of the universe. So when we sing those seed songs, what we're doing is we're sending our sound and vibration to, to right up to into the galaxy as, as the women share their voices. Mother Earth is ready and preparing to rest for the winter cycle, which is the resting cycle. We celebrate the winter cycle, December the 21st, the shortest day of the year, as we prepare for storytelling time. And in the storytelling time, we share seeds, we share garden stories, we share food, we share our medicines. There's two kinds of seed savers, the beginners and the advanced. I discovered it's one of the most fascinating and natural aspects of gardening. Plants have been producing their own seeds for millions of years. All we have to do is organize them. It's simple. If you can grow a tomato, you can plant a seed and you can save a seed. I suggest you begin with the easiest seeds to save, beans and tomatoes. So why would we save seeds? We cannot garden if we don't save seeds and if we don't have seeds. Seed is a key to our food supply as indigenous people. 
And we want to guarantee pure and organic food. We do not want to, to go and use GMO seeds. And, and what we know about GMO seeds is they can't be replanted and saved. And also saving seeds saves money. What is a seed? Why, what, what, what's, why, what, what's in a seed? So if we look at a seed, and I've always been amazed by a bean seed. There's a baby root in a seed, and there's a seed skin on every seed in the universe. What triggers that seed to grow is moisture. Seeds need moisture to grow. They also need warmth, light, and water. And so that is why we always start by sending our greetings and our thanksgiving to the elements of the earth so that they will come to help us to grow our foods and medicines. Some people wonder why some seeds don't grow. Well, what happens with the seed? It, it stores food. And so the longer you leave the seed in the garden with light and moisture, it'll, it, it stores its own food. If you pick the seeds too so soon, they go dormant. So my suggestion is to leave the seeds in the garden as long as you can uh, before you harvest them and make sure they're real dry. And, and any seed probably over five years is probably dormant, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about botany basics, okay? And that, that's really simple, botany basics. All, it, all it's telling us is that plants grow in families. It's, it's families. And for, for example, the vines, the cucumbers, the squash, the strawberries, they're, they're, a, they're all a family. They're, they're a family of vines. And so when you're picking seeds, it's very important to be able to, to, be able to uh, label the seeds so you know what family they're from. And generally the old people, when I was growing up, always stored their seeds in paper bags, brown paper bags. So that's what I do with the seeds that I gather every year. Now then people ask me, how do seeds get pollinated? What, what and, and who plant pollinates the, our foods? Well, there's several ways they get pollinated. We can pollinate, we can pollinate seeds ourselves. Self-pollination, the wind, the wind blows the seeds around, and that's why sometimes plants will go, grow a distance from your garden because the wind, uh, the birds also eat the seeds and, and replant. And of course, our native pollinators, the bees, are our, our, our honeybees. And so that's, that's another reason why we really have to protect the bees because they're the greatest, greatest pollinators of seeds. And there's a little saying that I like to say, 
that is a seed is a is a plant's way of making another plant. A plant is a seed's way of making another seed. And so if we look at that that way, we realize how important the seeds are for ongoing food and medicines. Oh, that was really great, Jan. <laughs> I I really needed to learn about seeds because you should see my garden this year. <laughs> it was my first time planting, and um, I need some help and some work. So um, how long have you been saving seeds yourself? Well, I've been gardening since I can... I can since a young person, my family have always gardened, and I've I've grown up some eighty plus years in this community of Six Nations. And when I was when I was young and growing up, I would have to say that ninety nine percent of the people on Six Nations had a garden. We all grew our own food, and shared our food. And so that's why I don't recall, I don't ever remember being without food. We always had a lot of food. My father, my mother canned at least a thousand jars of food a year. And we, we made um, other foods in barrels of sauerkraut, pickles, brine pickles, which we shared in our, with everyone. I'd really like to hear more about canning. Can you talk in specifics about what you've canned in the past? Do you can today? Um, what kind of vegetables and fruits are, are best for canning? Yeah, I always um, really admired my mother because I also come from a family of 10 children. So food was very necessary for, for our family with such a big family. So right from the very, very cycle of spring, my mother would begin to preserve food in jars because at that time we didn't have a freezer. There was no such a thing as people on the reserve having a freezer. We didn't even have electricity at first. So she preserved food in canning jars. And... Um, she would, she would begin with wild strawberries. I'll never forget the first fruit, uh, Neo Hondessa, that came are the wild strawberries. And we, she would send us into the fields with a, with a bucket. And we all came back with a bucket full of wild strawberries. That's how plentiful they were when I was growing up. Not so much today, but we had wild strawberries to eat all winter. We had strawberry jam. It was so, so beautiful. And she continued as each, each fruit or vegetable became ready, she, she can. So I would, she made all, at least five different kinds of pickles. She canned cherries, she canned beets, she canned carrots. We had, we had plenty, plenty of food. And, and I know it was a lot because I had to wash all those jars every year. But at, it was at least a thousand. 
And I can remember whenever we went to visit the older people, she packed a six-quart basket of fruit for them, and we took that to share with the people. Or if anybody was in need, we had all kinds of food to share with them. So that was one way of preserving food way back then. And and um, I, I don't recall food spoiling. It, it always was preserved right till spring. I also can a lot. I don't can as much as my mother can um, because I have a much smaller family, but I still can a lot. My garden feeds me. My garden keeps me, keeps me in food most of the winter. But also my father built a root cellar and we had a root cellar where we could go down the, into, the, into the ground. It was in the ground and we could gather any kind of root vegetables that was stored down there, potatoes, carrots, turnips, any of the root vegetables, apples, that, that they were in the root cellar all year. And, and um, so we had plenty of food. We also, on growing up, had chickens. So we had eggs and we shared eggs with the community. We had two cows, so we had plenty of milk. And that's the way our people lived on Six Nations. We survived. We're survivors because we knew how to, to garden. We knew how to can. We knew how to, to do things with the, natural, with the natural world. Okay. I just had another question I think some listeners might be interested in. Um, gaining some more knowledge about, and that's living in a city and trying to grow your own food. What if someone lives in a small, confined space? Can they still have a garden? Well, you know, what I learned, too, is that you don't need a lot of land to grow, to grow food. Some people might think you do. I mean, that's maybe if you're growing food agriculturally, like a farmer, to sell it. But for our own consumption, we all had small gardens. So even today now, um, getting older, and um, I do a lot of pot gardening. I do I have to get pots and, and uh, make sure that I have good, good organic soil. And people can garden in their pots so they can get some pots on their balcony do some beautiful balcony garden or in a little space you can grow a lot of food well as Haudenosaunee people we really um, a lot of our diet is white corn and and so let's talk about white corn where do you think we got white corn from I, I, you know, as a, as a small child, I, I wondered many things as we planted, and and I, I wondered a lot of things about seeds because they always amazed me. And one of the things I wondered was corn because we, we always planted a lot of white corn, sweet corn, and, and, made, and my mother always made sure we had a lot of white corn because that's what we make corn soup from, okay? And that, that process of making corn soup was another amazing, amazing scientific way of preserving food. And I, I say that because um, the, the corn soup is made 
with wood ashes, hardwood ashes. And the reason we use hardwood ashes is because the lye removes the skin off of the corn, which has to be, it's a little bit harder to remove skin off of a corn, or the covering, I should say, than, than other vegetables. So we use that as, um, as the process of making corn soup is, is that. And so I, I always found that, how did the old people know how science interacted with with our preparation of food. And I guess my parents and my grandparents always talked about how food was brought to us by the Sky Woman. The Sky Woman brought us our food that we still have today. We still eat that same food. And one of those one of those foods was, of course, the strawberry the wild strawberry, corn was brought to us, um, the three sustainers, beans, corn, and squash, and also uh, tobacco, unka unwe. And we still use that today in our ceremonies. We use that to, to offer that to the Mother Earth to look after us. And the other thing they said is always have a sunflower in your garden always a sunflower. And you know, when you look at the face of a sunflower, it's so bright and so beautiful. And, and it always faces the sun. As the, as the sun moves, the, the sunflower moves. And that's pretty magical to, for me. So to me, I was always told that all of our gifts of sustenance came from the upper world when our Sky Woman came. And we still have that today. Nyawa. Nyawa for listening to the Yohate Negasuna Road to Your Name podcast, which has been produced by Aboriginal Legal Services and hosted by me, Lisa Vanevry. There are 10 episodes in this podcast series. Let's meet again on the next episode. This has been the Yohate Negasuna podcast series. If you would like to learn more about our organization, Aboriginal Legal Services, and the programs and services we provide, please visit us at our website, www.aboriginallegal.ca. And if you feel inclined and would like to make a donation, you can click on the word Donate, located on the bottom of the page of our website. You can also visit us on Facebook at Aboriginal Legal Services Toronto, Canada. (laughs) 